know, it was, he, that's what he was doing. He was looking for that picture of the traitor Judas. And after not finding a face that he could find that really summed up Judas, um, he finally decided that actually there was one person in his life who was his greatest enemy, who he really didn't like, who really got in his nerves, who he really, really struggled with. Um, so he painted the face of Judas as his greatest enemy, as the person who had offended him, who had hurt him, who he really, really didn't like. So he did that, he's quite happy with it. And then as he went round and painted all the other disciples, he did them one by one. And then he got to the face of Jesus. He got to the face of Jesus, you know, the perfect, pure face, and he couldn't paint it. He just couldn't paint that face of Jesus. He couldn't do it. And he became aware of his own bitterness, his hatred, the horrible thoughts that he had towards his enemy and it prevented him from painting the face of Jesus. Now if you actually go and look at that image of Leonardo da Vinci, the original one, there's been lots of sort of depictions since, but if you go back to the image, he changed it. He changed Judas's face to just a cloudy kind of nondescript image. It looks kind of quite blurry um, as um, he kind of changed it from his enemy And then once he had done that, he was able to paint the face of Jesus. Once he had done that. And I think this is a really good picture, this painting, a good illustration to us this evening of forgiveness, of what it means to forgive. The simple truth is, is that it's really difficult, maybe even impossible, to do what God wants us to do. We're talking about God's will for our life in week one. It's really almost impossible for us to do what God wants us to do if we're holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness in our lives. If there's someone who's really hurt us or offended us and we're just holding on to that thing. And as we continue looking this evening through the Lord's Prayer, last, the first week, if you remember, we looked at our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Um, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, and we looked at the importance of following what is God's plan for my life? What is God's will for my life? How do I discover that will? And then last week, Matt looked um, and spoke, us, spoke about give us our day, our daily bread. Give us this day, our daily bread. And how um, important it is for us to be content with what we have. And how we need to look at God's provision for us um, in our daily lives and to be thankful for that and trust him for it. And this evening we come to forgive us our sin as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Forgive us our sin as we forgive those who sin against us. Easily rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Um, That line. Jesus was essentially saying that every day we need to ask forgiveness for our sin. We probably know that. We probably know that we do things wrong. The other word for sin in the Lord's Prayer is, you might have heard, forgive us our debts. Forgive us our trespasses. Our shortcomings, our resentments what we owe to you, the wrong we've done, all of those things, the things we've done wrong. And any follower of Jesus, I think we kind of become aware 
that there are those things in our lives that we do every single day. And we do need that, we call it kind of cleansing, a cleaning from the inside out, asking God to forgive us from our sin. There's this old saying, some of you um, who are slightly older in years might have heard this saying before. The greater the saint, the greater the sense of sin and awareness of sin within. You know, the more we walk with Jesus, the more we walk with God, the more aware we become of our shortcomings and our short, how far we fall short of where God wants us to be. In the Bible, Paul, he had faithfully walked with God for many, many years, and yet he described himself as the chief of sinners. A Sunday school teacher was talking to her class about um, forgiveness, and she said to her class, um, what do you need to do to be forgiven? What does a person need to do to receive forgiveness? And one little boy put up his hand at the back and he simply said, you have to sin. <laughs> Isn't that so true? You have to sin to be forgiven. We're all in that category, aren't we? We are all in that place. That is true. You have to sin. All of us qualify. None of us can say I'm disqualified from that this evening. All of us qualify and are in that category. And we probably sin. We probably think we're quite bad. We're probably far worse than we think. We probably sin a lot more. Sorry, that's the bad news tonight. Than we think. We're probably doing things. If you think about our thought lives, um, all our our actions, everything throughout a day, we probably sin more often than we realise. So yes, we have to ask God to forgive us. And most of us probably understand some concept of that, that God graciously gives us his forgiveness, even though we don't deserve it. In 1 John 1 verse 9, it says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's the promise that is in God's word. And it might be humbling, and it might maybe dent our pride a bit, or we might feel embarrassed, ashamed, sad, maybe, to come before God and ask for his forgiveness, knowing that we've done something wrong. We might feel all those kind of emotions, but at the end of the day, that's personal between us and God. It's personal between us and God. I think the greater challenge is found in the second sentence of the Lord's Prayer to do with forgiveness. When it says, help us to forgive those who have sinned against us. Ouch. That's the hard bit, isn't it? That's the really hard bit. This is where it gets a bit tricky for some of us, I think when we are called to forgive those who have sinned against us. We have received the forgiveness of God. God loves us so much that he forgave us. And therefore, it is our job to extend that forgiveness to those around us. We are doing the kingdom work when we are forgiving those around us. We are doing what God is calling us and asking of us when we are forgiving those around us, especially to those who have wronged us, especially to those who have personally hurt us or wronged us. According to Jesus, 
he generously and constantly forgives us. So our forgiveness of others should just be a natural result of that. It shouldn't even be into question. It just should be a natural thing that flows out of us. And yet it's so hard. It is so hard for us to forgive. Forgiven people should be forgiving people. That's what we should be. If we've known and experienced anything of the forgiveness of God in our lives that he sent Jesus for us, then we should be forgiving others too. He's given it to us unconditionally, given it to us in abundance, his forgiveness. And that's the same forgiveness that we need to show to those around us too. C.S. Lewis, I think he wrote it so beautifully. He said this, everyone says that forgiveness is such a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Isn't that true? We all think forgiveness is such a great idea until we have something to forgive. It's much harder in practice than it is in theory. It's much, much harder in practice. One thing I'm sure we can all agree on in here, whatever our lives look like, however our different journeys and our different paths have taken us throughout life, one thing I'm sure that we can all say is that in some time in our lives we have been hurt or we've been disappointed by someone. We've experienced pain or disappointment. We've had people who have hurt us. And guess what? I want to drop the bombshell tonight that we have probably hurt others too, that we have done the same to others as well. And we need to learn how to apologize and we need to learn how to forgive. In many ways, forgiveness is the key to all healthy relationships. Forgiveness is the key to strong and lasting relationships. We all need to learn how to forgive because conflict will come. You know, it will. If you're a husband, then you will upset your wife. Your wife's nodding, going, yes, that will happen. Or your wives, you'll upset your husbands. Or parents will upset children, and children will upset parents, and friends will upset friends, and co-workers will upset co-workers. It's life. That's what happens. We hurt each other. We're human. Sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes people do it on purpose. Sometimes we just do it by mistake. We don't even realize. We might be walking around blindly, not even knowing that we've hurt someone. We are human. It's called being human. We hurt each other, and therefore we must learn to forgive. And where there's no forgiveness, a root of bitterness starts to grow. Now, I know that sounds quite heavy this evening, but a root of bitterness begins to grow. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 15, that we should watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. You know, are we allowing that bitterness just to grow in our lives? You know, we live in a time where forgiveness actually isn't very popular it's quite counterculture. It's not really very trendy at the moment to forgive or talk about forgiveness. In many cases, it's looked down upon as maybe you're weak or you're a walkover, you're a pushover, you're a bit of a wimp, okay? We don't give much respect to forgiveness. In fact, a lot of times our society gives more respect to revenge. You know, I was thinking about it 
and thinking, have you heard that saying, don't get mad, get even? Okay, or on soaps, if, you want, if, if you're into soaps or TV, TV like box sets, I don't know what they're called, look at my age, whatever you watch, those things where the TV programme goes on and on, um, those things, and if you watch them, you know, like if someone offends someone or does something, don't we quite enjoy watching someone get their own back? If we're really honest, you think, yes, they've got their own back on that person. We quite enjoy it. I read this week um, that with Valentine's Day coming up, okay, there's one um, zoo in, I don't know why it popped up on my feed, apologies, Martin, but there's one zoo in, um, in the UK that is offering for Valentine's Day only, okay, you have the opportunity to go in and name a cockroach, okay? So you can name a cockroach of the an ex-boyfriend or an ex-lover or an ex or something and watch them feed that cockroach to an animal, okay? So if you fancy that, I'll tell you where it is in the UK, okay, to get your own back on that person. But I couldn't believe it when I read it. I thought, what a strange thing that you can name a cockroach and feed it to an animal as a way of kind of getting your own back. Um, it's a twisted day that we're living in, <laughs> that we can do that. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Well, the Bible tells us to forgive again and again and again to forgive and to extend forgiveness. Now, a very popular passage that is used mainly, I think, at wedding ceremonies is 1 Corinthians 13, and it speaks about love. It's all about love and uh, what, how we can act when we're loving. And verse 5 In the King James Version, it says this, Think no evil. Think no evil. When we're loving, think no evil. If you're a loving person, then we'll think no evil. Think no bad towards that person. Keep no account of their wrongs. You know, don't bring up something that someone said to you 10 years ago, you know, and keep bringing it up, bringing it up. Um, You know, remember them lovingly. Think about them lovingly. Don't think about the bad thing. Think about them lovingly. You know, forgiveness is not only important to you spiritually, but it also, I'm going to tell you today, it has some amazing physical health benefits to you as well. Um, You may be surprised. Um, A number of years ago, Time magazine published an article, and it was entitled, Should All Be Forgiven? And the article stated that after extensive research, a number of psychotherapists are testifying that there's nothing like forgiveness for dissipating anger, mending marriages, and banishing depression. Suddenly, it seems like what God's been telling us all the time in his word, what the whole message of the gospel is about, suddenly we're waking up to actually it has a bit of truth in there, that it all makes sense for our lives. It is good for you physically and necessary spiritually. The Bible tells us in Ephesians, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. In Colossians it says, make allowance for each other's faults. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you so that you must forgive others. We've all been hurt in life. All of us have have hurts, have pain, but we have a choice. We can go over it again and again and again. You know those times when you've been hurt and you just sit there and you go over it and over it and over it and over it and you justify it, don't you? You justify your anger. 
you say, it's because they did that that I'm doing this. I feel this way because they've done that thing to me. And we get bitter. We can either do that or we can try and put it behind us. So let's get practical. How do we do that? Okay, how do we do that? Because that's all very good and well, but I'm hurting right now. And if you knew what I'd been through, then you wouldn't be saying this to me. So let's get a bit practical. What does it mean to forgive? I want to just break the myth this evening that what it doesn't mean is condoning someone's behavior and saying that their behavior was okay. It's not okay. It doesn't mean that their behavior or actions were right. They hurt us. They hurt us. And it caused us pain. It's okay to recognize that. Their actions weren't okay. We are not saying that it was okay to do that thing. I think sometimes that we feel that to forgive someone who wrongs us means that we're saying it's okay. But that's not what forgiveness means at all. It's not dismissing what was done. It's not just burying it, pretending it didn't happen. It's not just burying our head in the sand. It doesn't necessarily mean reconciling with the person. Sometimes it will, but it doesn't always mean that. It doesn't always mean that it's possible, it's right or safe for us to do so. That might not be possible for us to reconcile with that person. There might be someone who's done something cruel or unkind who we can forgive, but it doesn't mean that we have to reconcile with that person if it's not possible. To forgive him or her biblically simply means to let go, to give up, surrender our right to get revenge or get even. That's what forgiveness means, to give up our right to get even. It means that we're not going to pay back that person with what they deserve, what we think they deserve. It means that we won't pay them back. Instead, we put the matter into God's hands. We put them into God's hands. We give it over to God. The Bible tells us, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. We simply put that person, that situation into God's hands. We put it into God's hands. There are 75 different words in the Bible, in the New Testament, to describe forgiveness. 75 different words. And uh, the primary word translated for the word forgive means to one, to release, to let go of, to release, to be free, to free yourself from something, to let go, to be free. Another term the Bible uses for forgiveness is about cancelling. It's about cancelling a debt, a debt that we um, could not pay. We have to keep short accounts. And it's especially true if you're married or in a relationship. If you want a marriage that is going to last, then we have to learn how to forgive. I talked to married people um, here tonight. You will be hurt and you will hurt them, but we have to forgive. Many of you will remember... Um, the amazing evangelist, Billy Graham. When I say that name, many of you will know Billy Graham. And his wife, Ruth, was actually equally as amazing. And she had some great insight into marriage. And she wisely said, a successful marriage is made up of two good forgivers. 
too good for givers. And that can be said of a marriage, it can be said of a friendship, it can be said of um, all different types of relationships, but you have to be willing to forgive others. It comes down to this. When you forgive someone, you set a prisoner free. You set a prisoner free. That prisoner isn't the other person necessarily, it's yourself. You set yourself free. You set yourself free. You can be the prisoner yourself when we fail to forgive. We can be held captive when we fail to forgive. You can be the one who's getting hurt more than the one who hurt you because you're holding on to that bitterness. To withhold forgiveness is not only detrimental to the person but to ourselves to ourselves too. It harms us spiritually as well as physically. In that same study in Time magazine, it was revealed that resentful people took 25% more medication than people who practice forgiveness. How they found these things out, I don't know. But if you want to save money, if you want to save money at the pharmacy, learn to forgive. If you want to be happier in yourself, then we need to forgive. If you want to be healthier, then we need to forgive. And the most important one, if we want to follow what Jesus is asking of us, we need to forgive. Forgiveness isn't giving in to the other person. It's setting ourselves free. It's setting ourselves free. It has been said, the first to apologize is the bravest. The first to forgive is the strongest. The first to forget is the happiest. God knows all about forgiveness, doesn't he? He sent Jesus for each one of us. There's no greater example of forgiveness than Jesus himself when he hung on that cross for each one of us. After he had been, um, as he was crucified, after he'd been tortured, you know, he'd received that Roman whip on his back. He'd had the crown of thorns placed upon his head. And he was hanging there on the cross at Calvary. And there were seven things that Jesus said as he hung there. And the first one, first thing that he said was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know what, 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 not what they do. Did those Roman soldiers deserve forgiveness? No, they didn't. Did those religious leaders deserve forgiveness? No, they didn't, but Jesus gave it anyway. Jesus gave it anyway. And that is how God feels towards us. He feels the same towards each one of us. He loves us and will forgive us if we turn from our sin. A forgiven people should be a forgiving people. And this morning... Um, we were, as I was leading the early um, prayers this morning, um, I had a real sense in the week of the story of the Good Samaritan. I've been thinking about the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I want us just to think of the Good Samaritan as a way of response um, this evening. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, we have this man traveling down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And as he's on his way, he's attacked by robbers. They beat him up, they strip him, they take all his belongings, they leave him on the side of the road um, as though he were dead. 
He left him there to die. Two people passed by who they would expect to help, the priest and the Levite. Both of them should have stopped and helped the man on the side of the road. But it was the Samaritan man, the Samaritan, his enemy, his arch enemy. You know, it would have been like really difficult. You know, someone who you wouldn't conceive would have stopped to help the man on the side of the road. It was him who stopped, took care of the man, took him to an inn, paid for him to stay there until he was better. And this evening I've laid, well, me out here on the floor. And I just want us to think this evening as a way of response. Who do we see lying on the floor this evening? Who do we see as that person lying there? It might not be an enemy as such, but someone who's hurt us, someone who's wronged us. Who would it be easy for us to just walk past and say, they've hurt me, they've wronged me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to help them? Who do we need to kneel beside this evening and say, I forgive you, I forgive you? Because in that moment, we will be set free. We will be set free. And we stop that root of bitterness taking hold within our lives. So what I'm going to do this evening is very simply, I'll ask the band, where are you? Can you come back up? Thank you. Brilliant. And they're going to play, they're going to play their second set. They've got three songs, I'm told by Sophie. Um, Three songs, and um, in the first song... Um, they're going to play Amazing Grace. Couldn't be a better song. Church Sophie couldn't have chosen a better song for this evening. Amazing Grace. You know, amazing grace that God has shown to each one of us. And what I'd like us to do tonight, if you feel comfortable, if you don't, absolutely fine. Just stay in your seat, look at everyone else, watch what everyone else is doing, that's fine. But if you want to, if you feel that there's someone this evening that you really need to just say, I let them, give them over to you, Lord Jesus. I give them to you. I want to forgive and I want to move on, then I encourage you this evening just to come forward as we sing this. Everyone be standing, so just, you know, won't see you. Come forward and just, just touch. It's only, it's, it's only a very simple response, but it just tells us we're serious about this. Just touch part of the body. Just, just touch them and say, God, I give you this person tonight. I'm willing to bend down, to kneel down and help this person. But Lord Jesus, I give them over to you. I give them to you. And in doing so, I want to release myself. So we're going to stand. Let's stand. And uh, we'll, so we, if you're able, we'll stand and I'm going to pray for us. And then as we sing this song, just come forward in your own time and just, it's between you and God. It's not for any of us else. But if you need to just say, I need to ask, I just need to forgive that person tonight. And I hand them into your hands, Lord Jesus. Then just do this as a way of response. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you this evening that because of your great love for us, you sent Jesus so that each one of us can be forgiven. We thank you, Father God, for your amazing forgiveness on each one of us. Help us as your children, as as followers of Jesus, to extend that forgiveness to those around us. 
And Father God, for many of us, this might be really hard this evening, but it's about freeing ourselves and being the people that you've called us to be. And so, Lord Jesus, give us the courage just to place those people in your hands this evening so that we might walk out of here knowing that we've been set free. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.